Are you a real estate investor that has a portfolio of properties? Are you tired of working through the process of getting people out of the property that are not paying on time? Are you dealing with post-pandemic issues, any pandemic issues, with tenants not paying the rent and allowed to stay? Work out programs from the government that take months and months to fund, if they fund at all, and require active participation from the, the tenant, which is part of the problem. This is Corey Harrington with Flip Connect, and today I'm going to talk about, in a series of three episodes, I'm going to talk about how to optimize your portfolio, how to optimize your assets. So I think I called it Asset Optimization uh, Investment Asset Optimization. That's what I called it. I-A-O. I'm going to invent that. I'm sure someone else already has that. But at any rate, I've had portfolio of properties for a little bit less than 20 years at this point. And there's been some properties that have performed well, others that not as well, or for one reason or another, location, uh, various other factors that just didn't fit my portfolio, and it's time to, to sell those off. So I've gone through the process of making sure that you know all of my properties are maximized the return as quickly as possible in respect to budget you know we have to factor in how much we spend on each given property against how much we'll earn on that property for how long of a period we plan on holding it and sometimes we change strategies sometimes we turn something into an airbnb other times we will sell or finance the property to an end user and generate a note and receive income that way. Other times there's standard properties that are in a rental portfolio and receiving your traditional rent. Uh, We've done Section 8 housing. We've done apartment multifamily, uh, individual units that we've converted from, you know, a larger property. Uh, we've, we've been able to sub, you know, divide them out, turn them into duplex, where formerly they were just a single-family residence. So we would create an opportunity to get, uh, you know, to mitigate our risk on that end in terms of how many people are actually occupying the property, vacancy rates. Those things start to lower the overall risk when you spread it out. So we've looked at a lot of things. We've done a lot of things, and we've gone through the process of optimizing our configurations of the properties, uh, also the financing aspect of it, getting our interest rates as low as possible, stretching it out, um, paying off other properties, receiving you know, a, a, a payout, and paying off another note, making that property uh, debt-free, receiving income. Uh, you know, There's a lot of different ways to, uh, to slice it, but today what I'm gonna do is if any of those things sound uh, sound like you, sound like you've experienced these things, then I want to talk about that in this episode. Um, like I said, there's a three-part series, so bear with me with the noise in the car. Uh, I'm going to call this my roadcast because oftentimes I am so busy that it takes me a while to get to the podcast. I try to distribute my podcast once a week on Wednesdays at this point. And 
and oftentimes, you know, my intention is to do multiple podcasts at a time, but I don't always get to them. I am an operator first in my business, and this podcast is second in line. And so, it, you know, it takes a little while sometimes to get to it. And uh, recording in the car with a cell phone, not the best, so I think I'll probably get better equipment. So bear with me on the sound. The content is solid. I, I beg you to... Uh, to stay on and listen through because I have some good stuff to say in regards to you know how we optimize our assets so here we go uh, this this first one let me give a general overview so in terms of optimization one we won't talk about acquisition although it's critical the purchase price makes all the difference in the world you know if you buy it right you're gonna cash flow very very well if you buy wrong you're going to suffer. You're not going to cash flow at all. It's going to be a loss all the time. You know, there's some people that have a strategy where they take losses or if they're negative cash flow, they can write it off at least and offset their overall earnings from their their job or, you know, talk to your your uh, CPA, of course, but there's many different reasons people would uh, want to take a loss, but we certainly do not take any losses on any of our properties. Otherwise, we would get rid of them very very quickly uh, or just not go through the acquisition process so right now let's assume I'm talking to somebody who has a portfolio of two or three or four properties maybe more maybe less and you're trying to get a good cash flow you may have $500 a month positive cash flow on the property when it's occupied and two months out of the year during changeover if you have one one year leases and you're unable to get someone to stay at a longer period of time you may have a vacancy rate of 10 15 percent on your property uh 12 well 12 percent on your property if you have one month out and then it makes it it makes it difficult because you know you you did make say 10 months out of the year you're making $500 a month, so you made $5,000 that year, you know, but you've also lost total revenue of $2,000 a month for two months due to occupancy changeover, you know, someone moving out, a new person moving in, making a little repairs, getting things go- getting things going, and that loss is 4000 So you have a total for the year of... 5,000 bucks positive cash flow for the 10 months that it's occupied. However, those two additional months when you're charging $2,000 a month, you've lost your gross revenue of $2,000 per month. Now, your overhead may be $1,500 in this in this case. And so, you know, you're losing out on profit of $1,000 because if it's $2,000 typical rent and you have two months of of no occupancy and your overhead is $3,000 of that 4,000, you know, the the income would have been $1,000. However, your actual costs are about three grand. So you're making, let's say rough numbers, you're making $2,000 a year on your property. Uh, you know, that'll, that'll get you there. That will, you know, you will have appreciation over time. You will have depreciation and tax deductibility through your asset, you will have um, appreciation. I 
think I already said that. You will have appreciation in the asset. Um, your mortgage costs will go down through paying up, you know, paying towards principal. And so all those things are beneficial long term, but you could be making a lot more money if you optimize things. So let's talk about the optimization. You know, what can you do? How can you change 500 a month positive cash flow, which is not bad, again, to $1,000 a month? Is that possible? Can you do this? Well, one, one thing is for certain on the finance side. You can, if you purchased it for X, 100,000 bucks, I don't know what the number would be, uh, and you're paying 5% interest on it, you get it reduced to a 2.5% interest loan, you're paying quite a bit less in interest, saving you quite a bit of money, meaning your cash flow is higher. If you acquire the property at below market rent rates and you repair it, and the value at the end is in line, with 30%, 20% equity built into the property. Your cost of loan is also lower. The rent stays the same no matter what you owe. So that will give you an additional cash flow. So that's the finance side. The um, tenant selection side would be picking the right tenant. You may find somebody that's in section eight that is qualified for $1,400 a month and the standard rents out there are $1,800 a month, but they're guaranteed to pay through the government and you don't have to have those two months of occupancy turnover. You know, that may be a benefit to you. However, you want to look at um, deferred maintenance, uh, damages from the tenant, other factors that, you know, you may have to clean up. They may have multiple children, uh, multiple other family members living in the property. They, you know, you got to realize that once some people are down on their luck, you know, the, the families can come together and consolidate expenses. And so your aunt and your cousin and your three brothers and, and yourself are there at the property. You know, so you get the, the, instead of having two or three people living there, you're having six or seven people living there. And that, and that happens um, specifically when, you know, when it, when you're on tough times, you know that that does happen. So you have to factor that in. If you have Section Eight, it the house, the property may be um, uh, maybe getting damaged quicker than if it was a single person who's a traveling nurse and lives at the place, stays there about 15 days out of the month, and travels, has no one else there, has no animals, rarely uses the place, and is really meticulous. You know, and you get that eighteen hundred dollars a month, and they and they stay. You know that that would be a better a better choice. Um, you can get um, you you have to factor in you know the condition of the property. So you know we'll go over property conditions for optimization in, in this discussion as well. And so the kind of repairs that you do, the quality of finish that you have air conditioning units, whole house, HVAC versus wall units, where the tenants provide their own wall units, you know, you can command a different rent in, in, that, in those regards. So those are things we will discuss uh, in terms of, of, the, uh, of the property. In terms of the tenant, kind of jumping back to the tenants, I'm just giving you a general overview of this before I get really into it. With the tenants, you will have a choice of you know your standard tenant for the neighborhood 
that would pay market rent and could every bit as well have multiple family members there and destroy the place. So there's a trade just because you're picking someone uh, that's willing to pay standard rent versus someone that gets on a uh, assistance program through Section 8 doesn't mean that your house is giving in the best of shape afterwards. So, you know, the the selection process is not purely financial. You got to look at their background. You you, you got to figure out, you know, uh, interview the previous landlord. You know, I'll give you suggestions down the road, but but the point being is there's things you can do there to uh, to greatly increase your rent and your occupancy rate and the condition of the property that they maintain it in. Other uh, choices that you can make. So we have we have the financial, we have the asset itself, and then we have the tenants. Um, going back to the asset, kind of jumping, I'm kind of jumping back around as I, as I as I recall things. But uh, the the property that you had originally as a single family property, you may decide to turn it into the you know a duplex. And then, um, so you rent it as a duplex and you have those, those situations that I discussed earlier. Another option would be to do Airbnb. With Airbnb, you can still duplex the property and then rent out individual rooms. So you may have one duplex that has three bedrooms and another duplex that has two bedrooms in a house that was originally a five bedroom, you know, 2,500 square foot property. Uh, or you can build a wall in an area that's normally a common room with Airbnb, typically people do not hang out in the common areas. They tend to stay in their room. So you want to occupy the room with, uh, you know, a place for their computer, a TV, uh, some chairs and other things so that they stay in the room, um, stay productive and work on whatever they're doing with their computers, watch TV and whatever else. But in our experience, and we have quite a few Airbnbs and quite a few years experience with Airbnbs, uh, the hospitality, let's call it, because I, I list them through other places besides Airbnb. But there are, uh, it, it's rare that they would st- be in the common area, they, other than for cooking and, and eating the food that they're making, and then just kind of moving their products inside the house, you know, moving their their luggage and, and, and that, so on and so forth. But for the most part, everybody stays in their room. So you can close off rooms that are originally just you know the front foyer and the and the in the sitting room you can turn that into a bedroom and you can rent that out so if you have that five room house as i described duplexed out into two two bedrooms and you one as a third as i was saying because you're closing off a room so uh, if you have a five bedroom you can close you can close off another section and turn it into a six bedroom and you can rent those out individually or you could rent each duplex out as a whole unit. So our experience has, now we've always listed the properties per unit. So at one point in time we had 17 units and each unit was being rented out with occupancy of close to 60%. We were charging on average around $30, $35 a room, which is super cheap. Uh, there is some you know, household expense and cleanup we do charge for for uh, housekeeping and so you know the the cleanup fee is uh somewhere around 20 to 
to $30 depending on the situation. And then Airbnb or the other hosting providers will have a fee on top of that. Net, they're paying maybe $45 for room where the condition of the room is similar to a $90, $100 room hotel down the street in a place where you have to you charge for parking and everything else. So we're providing a good value there. It's it's making us quite a bit bit more money per month uh, on an individual room basis. The occupancy is strong. We have quicker turnovers. We have control of the common areas. And if you have garages, we have control of those. So you can store things there or you can even rent out garage space. There's a lot of uh, benefits that you have to the Airbnbs. There's also drawbacks, you know, turnovers um, are a frequency that is daily it's a daily business you have to work on this daily if you pay somebody to turn over your rooms realize those expenses are also daily and you got to clean the common areas quite a few times a week because there's a lot of people coming in and going so you have to pay extra for that so there's a lot of overhead there's electricity use um, additional requests from guests there's far more interaction that you have meaning far more time spent meaning you have to handle certain things and if somebody needs a toilet fixed at 11 o'clock at night you have to decide are you gonna drive over there yourself or are you gonna hire a plumber to go over there and unclog a toilet it takes five minutes and costs you three hundred dollars so you're probably gonna drive over there and do it yourself i don't i don't do that anymore i refuse and that's one of the reasons why we're actually getting out of airbnb uh, out of hospitality on a small scale because it's you know it's requiring a lot of our time too because we if we had to pay for every service and need of our guests it'd make it more difficult for us to profit so at the end of the day you're working three times as hard and it you make about 20 percent more 30 percent more in your rentals and you do not have to deal with evictions but you have to deal with bed bugs you know so it's it's there's there's pros and cons to it so on that side of the business i guess this episode really is the property episode the asset optimization and that side looking at everything i've given you the good and the bad and i've talked to you about all of these types of setups you can buy a property have it a single family residence and rent that out for eighteen hundred dollars or you can turn it into an Airbnb, split it out, turn it into a duplex. You'd have common electrical, common plumbing. You'd have a, a shared wall. And then you'd have two, two kitchens. So you'd have to add a kitchen. But adding a basic kitchen is part of your initial construction costs when you buy the property to, to do your renovations and then building the wall. Those are not astronomical expenses you're talking maybe ten thousand dollars and that ten thousand dollars is going to earn you additional fifteen thousand dollars a year so it starts to make sense so you can optimize your returns realizing that you're going to spend some time doing it because this is you know we're talking about the active investment asset aspect of of this business if you were a investor that is a private money contributor to the project and you do not put in your time you're going to receive a slightly better payout um and 
risk mitigation in terms of occupancies are typically going to be quite high and you'll never typically you will not have a fully uh, vacant property it'll always be occupied by somebody and so that's consistent income coming in and you don't have to do additional work but if you're an active investor then you're going to have to do that additional work now you may have a great team or may hire a full-time person that does all the cleaning and all the fix-up and everything else and they're on salary and you know there'll be days where they don't do anything at all uh, there'll be days where they're working 10 hours straight um, that when you have enough airbnbs that starts to make sense so these are the these are the processes you can go through to optimize your asset in and of itself figuring out the highest and best use for your property so that's pretty much it um, there's a lot extra I can get into please provide comments I have 27 episodes now I think I have a couple subscribers and that's pretty much it so I I would love the feedback. I would love questions. I can do an entire podcast based on questions that I feel are relevant to everybody. So please reach out to me. My email is Corey at flipconnect.com. C-O-R-Y at F-L-I-P-C-O-N-N-E-C-T dot com. You can call me at 210-355-2628. I prefer text in case I get a million calls, but uh, please, if I'm available, I'll pick up. We can chat. We can talk about your particular situation. If you want to be on a podcast, let us know. Let me know. You can contact uh, my office manager, too, at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at flipconnect.com. And uh, continue listening in, and we'll provide the uh, part two and part three. So today I talked about property optimization the next episode i will talk about the tenant optimization and the final episode i will talk about financial optimization and we'll go through those in in more detail this is Corey harrington with flip connect thank you for listening in again and i will see you next episode